Thank you so much for taking the time to download our podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way. We're from Compass Catholic Ministries. Our mission is to teach you what the Bible tells us are the best practices for handling money. Do you realize in the Bible, you'll come across over 2,500 verses that deal specifically God's plan for us on how we should be handling the treasures that he has given us. And we teach these biblical principles in our small group Bible study called Faith and Money Matters. You can learn more simply by going to compasscatholic.org. Click on Books and Studies. My name is Steve Holbrook, and with me are the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries, John and Evelyn Beam. Our plan for today's show is to run through quite a few ideas about dealing with your finances during this pandemic crisis. We're going to talk about budgeting, groceries, credit cards, mortgage payments. What are some of the scams and frauds and how to deal with those and how to deal with stress and anxiety. But John, before we get into this list, let's start with discussing a crisis budget. If you haven't implemented your crisis budget yet, now is the time to get started on that. You know, we've been teaching crisis budgets for a long time, Steve, and this is a prime example of why you need a crisis budget. And, and if you don't have a crisis budget, you don't necessarily have to wait until a crisis is here. You I think it's always, arrived, though. Right. But I mean, that, <laughs> but my point is you should always have one kind of raring to go that all you have to do is flip the switch and it's on. You already know where you're going to make your cuts. Absolutely. Because if you don't have it prepared ahead of time, when you're in the middle of the crisis, it's hard to adjust. You don't know. There's usually a lot of turmoil and... Um, Emotion. Emotion, passion, emotion, yeah, yeah, that you can't deal with in the middle of a crisis. So if you know ahead of time how to adjust, that makes it much easier to adjust. Is the biggest challenge, too, uh, when somebody's putting a crisis budget together on where to make the cut? Because when you look at it on paper, everything is important. So I I, I don't want to cut here because I need all 55,000 channels from cable. Yeah, well, that's that's absolutely true. And, And you do have to take a really, really hard look at each and every category in your budget. So if you don't have a crisis budget, I'm hoping you at least have a budget right now and you can start going through the categories. You're gonna need to reduce each category by the amount that your income is being reduced during this crisis. So if uh, both spouses are working and one of you has been laid off, then you're not gonna have that income. What's the percentage there? Is it? 30% or 40% or 50%. I'm going to talk about just reducing your budget by 50% because that's a good round number and it's pretty easy to divide by two. And if you don't know you're going to be able to survive or on on a 50% of a category, let's, let's say your mortgage, if you can't cut that category in half, then you're going to have to find other categories in your budget that you can reduce more than 50%. Well, that should be easy if you've got money in there for shopping, for clothes. I mean, nobody's going shopping now. You can't go out to restaurant meals. You can get takeout, but that's kind of expensive. So there's a bunch of things that we're forced into where we're not spending money the way we might usually spend money. Are there obvious categories that somebody listening does not have a crisis budget they should look to first? Well, I think the the key thing, if they don't have a crisis budget, the key thing is to know what the absolute essential categories are and then fund them by eliminating other categories. So you've got to know what's your your key. I mean, you're going to need groceries. You got to pay the mortgage. You got to keep the lights on. 
got to keep the water running. You might not need to get your hair done. You probably don't need to go golfing. You don't need to go to the movies. So it's all those things that are the kids' activities have been cut back, so right. you eliminate those. So, so like the cable. The Take cable. a hard look at do you really need all those channels? Do you really need that streaming service? Yep. yep. You know, the place where people run into trouble is that everything's important, like you said at the beginning, Steve. There's no way I can lose any categories because everything's vital. But when you really get down to it, there's not that much that's absolutely positively necessary to sustain life. Let's focus for just a minute on the people who don't even have a budget, okay? I know there's people out there, they don't have a budget, and now they're in a crisis and they're really turned upside down and inside out because they don't know what to do. They've been playing with fire and they're about to get burned. So how quickly they can react will determine how bad that they might or might not get burned. And so the first thing you have to do, if you don't even have a budget, is you have to create a budget. And that's not going to be easy. Uh, but if you're forced to uh, stay home for a couple of weeks, you're going to have some extra time. And you can take that time to begin to create a budget. And my suggestion is that you go through each of your credit card statements. If you've got three statements a month, you got three credit cards, go through all three of them. If you got 10 credit cards, go through all 10 of them and do it for the last three months and categorize, write down what you spent for every transaction and put it into a category, housing, clothing, food, entertainment, you know, whatever the categories are. And then once you've gone through three months of all your credit card statements, Go through your bank statements and do the exact same thing. Every transaction goes into a category. Um, and that's going to give you probably 70 to 80% of your budget uh, because you're probably spending cash too. And it's going to be really hard to track those cash expenditures. So then you would total all your purchases in that category and divide it by three. And that would be the approximate amount of money you're spending each month in those categories, right? Absolutely. And then that would help you develop a monthly calculation for your budget so that you can see what can be cut. And it's a good thing to keep on after this all goes away because you're going to need a budget sometime in the future. There's no question about it. You've got to keep track of your spending. Keep track of those pennies. It should be ingrained in your system. Well, unfortunately, if it's not, then you're in a turmoil right now. I think the crisis is easier to handle if you have a plan for it. If all you're doing is reacting to everything around you, that gets harder to handle. So when you have a crisis budget, it really gives you a sense of peace when you need to make these adjustments yeah, it's a that little are less, totally unexpected. A little less stress. A little less stress when everything around you is stressing, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about groceries? How do we save on groceries? I bet you really didn't think that that was going to be our first category after talking about budgeting. But I'm totally amazed about how people are hoarding stuff at the grocery store. I mean, who's going to use all the toilet paper that's been purchased in the last couple of weeks? Who? I, I, I don't even ask me. I can't imagine the, the uh, amount of space that stuff has taken up. I mean, the manufacturer, some of the major brands are commenting that they don't understand why people are hoarding 
Toilet, toilet paper. Yeah, it's just an odd thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they understand about the paper towels and but and the Lysol and the but the hand sanitizer, but they're baffled by why toilet paper. Maybe somebody bought a large quantity of toilet paper because they were doing something and somebody else saw them and the whole thing spiraled out of control. And then it was a, neighbor, a high school student that was going to TP somebody's <laughs> house. Yeah, and then a neighbor came home and told the neighbor that said, you need to run to the store. The toilet paper is about gone. <laughs> I, I uh, read something on Facebook where a dad calculated the number of toilet sh- paper sheets you need per use for different things and how much toilet paper the average person had if they overbought and it was like years worth of supplies so i think for all you high school parents out there you're going to be getting tp'd when this is all over watch out well and you know the bad thing is there's going to be people who are going to try and take all that stuff back once this is over i don't think the stores are going to take it back right some major stores have already posted in fact it was at a store today that posted we are not accepting and uh, toilet paper was one of the items and water they're not accepting sure. as returns yeah and this yeah. is a major box store well and that's good they shouldn't if people were hoarding things then they shouldn't be allowed to keep it away from the rest of right. us and then return it for their money after they've been ungracious to the general population well it puts How's that for st- righteous indignation <laughs> <laughs> it puts the stores at risk too because it does. this virus you know that that uh, material whatever it is uh, could be contaminated, and, and um, then that puts the store at risk for selling contaminated products. And it's the same with meat and chicken and fish. I mean, how many, you know, people must be going out, rushing out and buying freezers because there can't be enough freezer space to, to cover all that kind of stuff. What really irritated me was when we went to the store earlier this week, there was no tuna fish. And as a good Catholic, and being in Lent, tuna fish is my go-to sandwich on Friday. So I was very upset that there was no tuna fish. It might not be a, a bad idea, though, to go through your freezer and your pantry and your refrigerator and put together a 14-day meal menu. If you get quarantined, first of all, nobody's going to want to come to your house, and you can't go out. So you want to make sure that you've got 14 meals but that doesn't require a year's worth of toilet paper. So uh, <laughs> I think you get the picture. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it's an opportunity to go through your pantry and, and look at the staples and non-perishables. And, and it's an opportunity to, to eat some of that stuff that's been taking up space. It's an opportunity to throw out everything that's been expired for the last five years because it was sitting in the back of the pantry and you didn't really want to eat it anyway. Uh, You have to make sure that all those expiration dates are valid. And then once you've depleted your food stocks, you're going to be able to refresh your stock with with new things and, and maybe based on the new diet that you're on and your different food tastes than you had five years ago when you bought some of that stuff. There's one more good thing about that. If you're going through all your pantry stuff and your freezer stuff, Um, you're not going to have to spend too much money on groceries for the next couple of weeks. And that could be a huge savings right there. I I think it's a win-win situation, don't you? John, most definitely a win-win situation. You're listening to Manage Your Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries. And today we are sharing tips for surviving the pandemic financially. And we've spent a lot of time on a crisis budget because we feel that everyone 
should have one prepared just in case there are situations like this that can impact your family financially. And we have information on our website that may help guide you through preparing one if you don't have one already. Simply go to compasscatholic.org, click on books and studies, and take a look at our Bible study called Faith and Money Matters. In week five, we run through a whole list of how you should prepare for a crisis budget. All right, let's share a few other tips. Evelyn, let's start with mortgages. One of the good things that has happened recently is that if you lose your income because of this crisis, the federal government says that lenders should allow you to make a partial or even no payments on your home mortgage for up to a year. If you're in trouble, make the call to your mortgage company and see what their plan is for that. I don't think we can emphasize the point enough, though. You have to make the call. They're not going to come looking for you until a year from now when you haven't paid. you got to call them up front right away and set up a plan. They'll work with you because they're being forced to work with you. The other thing is that many banks have reduced or eliminated fees and charges, and every bank has its own plan. You can go on the Internet, and you can probably search for uh, on your bank's website and, and find the things. You can call them, but a lot of the things, uh, uh, the fees are being waived or canceled totally um, or just postponed. Even uh, on uh, collections, they, you can get forbearance. I'm not sure it's always a good thing, but forbearance is a temporary postponement of payments. So that would be like on your bank credit card or something like that. Forbearance is a uh, it's repayment relief that's granted. The problem is the interest you, rate continues it, to build up over time. And so in the end, if you've got forbearance, you're going to end up paying more than if you just paid through the crisis. But if it's a question of feeding your family and losing your house versus forbearance on a loan, probably you're better off with forbearance just until you get caught up. But don't take advantage of it if you don't need to. Absolutely. I yep. mean, the bottom line is to call your lending institution and before you them. make any move just to find out what yes. is expected of you once you can afford to make those payments because if again. you don't talk to them they're not going to know what you're doing exactly and, and if you assume something you might assume the wrong thing right. based on your bank and you end up paying even more yeah right. and if you're not making payments and you're saying well they're going to do that well you know they're just going to think you're a deadbeat if you haven't called them up and talked to them the same thing goes for credit card companies uh most companies have issued some kind of of uh, guidance they all say, because I was looking through the various companies the other day, uh, call the number on the back of your card. So this is another thing. You have to make the call. They're not going to contact you. But some of the things that the credit card companies are doing, and they're not all doing the same thing, but uh, some of the things that they are doing is they're waiving late fees. They're waiving return check charges. They're waiving interest charges. They've reduced the monthly charges, or uh, they might give you a temporary interest rate reduction or allow you to skip or defer payments without accruing interest. And they might temporarily increase the limit on your credit card. That's not always a good thing because if you're bumping up your head on the top of the of the what your credit limit is and now you're going to get more credit it's just going to cost you a bunch more money and remember if you're carrying a balance anything you buy begins receiving interest charges from the moment that you buy it it's not delayed for 30 days 
So the bottom line is companies are looking for ways to help. You have to take the first step. You have to contact a company and be honest and be upfront with them and ask direct questions. Don't kind of just assume based on who you're talking to. And speaking of who you're talking to, you should write down the person that you're talking to, the date that you talk to them, and the time that you talk to them. And take good notes, good notes about what they're telling you. Um, don't just write down the things you want to, you think you want to hear. Write down what they're saying and document each call. You know, talking about credit cards, I, I bet there's a bunch of people out there that are going to start doing scams and they're going to call you and say, I'm from your credit card company and I want to help you. And you just have to give me your number and your security code and your date and I will help you avoid credit card payments for the next six months or something. So again, to reiterate what John said, you call the companies you're dealing with. Don't assume they're going to call you. And if they do call you, Ask if you can call them back, call them back on a number you recognize, not the one they called from, and be careful about any scams that are happening. And if it sounds too good to be true, it is. That's right. (laughs) You know, we've been doing a series of blogs on student loans, and student loans is another thing that is in uh, flux right now because of the crisis dealing with the pandemic. Yeah, all uh, borrowers, uh, people who have student loans, federally held student loans are automatically going to have their interest rates set to zero for a period of at least 60 days. And that began on March the 13th. So if your interest rate was five and a quarter or five and seven eighths or whatever it is, you know, for 60 days, March 13th through April, May 13th, at least at a minimum, that interest rate is going to drop to zero. And that's a big plus because you're not going to be accruing anything during that time. Uh, In addition, all the borrowers will have the option to suspend their payments for at least two months to give them just a, a little bit more flexibility during this national emergency. So you're not going to accrue interest. You can stop your payments. You know, it's really a good thing. Now, here's another thing. If you still have your income, congratulations, still implement your crisis budget, okay? But if you're still going to make your student loan payments, the full amount of your payment is going to be applied to the principal. That's a big deal because, you know, the way it is now, a portion of it goes to to satisfy the interest charges. So now if you are making a $300 a month payment, on your student loan, all $300 is going to go against the principal. And that's that's a tremendous thing. And it might be if you've got a little bit of money saved up that you might put a little bit more towards that to get rid of that principal because over the life of the loan, that's going to reduce the amount of interest that you're going to pay. Because even when the interest starts, it's going to be on a lower balance. So that is a great idea, John. Thank you. What about um, anybody who has had a decrease in their income? They should contact their student loan person, their student loan yeah, servicer? They, yeah, whatever you want to spit out, it works. <laughs> um, Make that call. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> uh, like we said, if you're still getting paid, the next 30 to 60 days is going to be uh, going to be really good. Now, the other thing is 
if you're still getting paid, you still need to implement that crisis budget. Try to cut your, your categories by as much as possible. Maybe save for some of those future bills. You know, maybe you have uh, quarterly insurance payments or um, those kinds of things that are going to be coming up. Put some money ahead for those or pad your emergency fund. We haven't mentioned that yet today. You better have one. This, this is the time when emergency funds are so important. So let's talk a minute a, bit, a little bit about stress because, you know, when we listen to the news, when we read the paper, when we surf the net, there's all this negative news that is just so serious, but in many cases overblown. So if you're really feeling stressed, here are some things that you can do to take a break and just relax a little bit. So first of all, don't watch TV, read, or listen to news stories, including social media. We had something from a friend last night. They posted on social media about the National Guard taking over and deploying armies everywhere. And I mean, it was all fake news. It looked like it was going to be martial law. <laughs> <laughs> so reading about things like that, especially when they're not true, just really doesn't help anybody do anything. Um, the second thing is to take care of your body. You know, go for a walk, stretch, meditate, try to eat healthy, well-balanced meals, exercise regularly, get plenty of sleep, avoid alcohol and drugs. Just try to live a very simple lifestyle and make time to unwind and do some of those things you enjoy. For example, you might want to read a couple books that have been sitting on your shelf and you can't get to, or you might want to putter around in the yard or whatever, but do something that you will enjoy and that will take your mind off of everything that's going on. And you can still connect with others. You don't have to be face-to-face. -face. You can write letters, you can call people, you can FaceTime with them and tell them how much you love them, tell them what you're feeling, talk to them about their concerns and just stay in touch with the people in your life. Yeah, our son, son and his wife at night have been hooking up with uh, her sisters and their husbands and they're playing games through Google Hangout mm -hmm. and uh, just playing like charades and stuff. He said it's charades great. Charades on Skype, that's yeah. great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but that's how they're occupying the time. You know, back to the thing about don't watch the news. I mean, what I've done, because when you watch, I don't care what channel, what network, they're gonna push it right or left. So, but if you read the stuff online, find a source that you feel is right down the middle and limit yourself on how much you're gonna read. Because some people can get so obsessed by this that they stress themselves out and there's really no need to do that well the problem is you can't do anything about it no matter exactly. how stressed you get you're not going to make it any better it is what it is but you want to at least find out what's going on oh, if you have that interest sure so. now some of the best ways to use the time you have now is to maybe get an additional 15 minutes or longer during the day when you sneak away to pray or read the bible or watch a mass on tv or your computer you know, there's all kinds of ways you can connect with God through this time that may not be part of your regular everyday routine. One thing I was going to say, you know, we watched uh, Mass on the uh, Internet yesterday. Actually, we watched two of them. So it's an opportunity to maybe hear a priest that you don't know and that you've um, been wanting to hear. And I, I think that's a great opportunity. Um, just simply be present in the moment. Uh, Maybe take an hour, forget about cleaning or planning, and just sit down and, and play with the kids. You know, the other thing is to spend time with those kids and let them talk about what they're feeling and thinking about this whole virus issue. Don't tell them how to think and feel. Find out where their minds are. And uh, I read this from Dan Salucci from the Catholic Leadership Institute today, and it said, the question isn't what I can do these days of sheltering down. The question is, who do I get to be? Who does God want me to be? 
Who do I get to be this week? What a great thought to have is as soon as you wake up every morning, who do I get to be? Who does God want me to be today? I hope you found these tips extremely helpful. If so, we would love for you to share this with friends, neighbors, or family members. Simply go to compasscatholic.org, scroll down on the homepage, and click on podcast. The name of the show that you're looking for is Tips for Surviving the Pandemic. And before we leave you, let's see if we can answer a couple of emails today. John and Evelyn, I have heard you talk about PMI insurance on the program. What is that? PMI stands for Private Mortgage Insurance. It's insurance that protects your lender in case you default on your loan. The only purpose for PMI is to protect the lender, not you, even though you're the person that's paying the premiums. That's why we encourage every home buyer to save until they can put down 20% as a down payment so they won't have to buy the PMI coverage. And if you've owned your home for a number of years, you may want to see if you have 20% equity and can discontinue the PMI, what you have to do to do that with your mortgage company. All right, John and Evelyn, here's another email that we received, and we actually get uh, a number of questions similar to this one. Our daughter is getting married this year, and we have two options to pay for it, home equity loan or two, borrow from retirement funds. Which would you recommend? You know, it's really dangerous to jeopardize your financial future by paying for something short-term like a wedding. So I would decide, you and your husband need to decide, you and your wife need to decide how much you can afford for the wedding that's not going to jeopardize your financial future. I'd sit down with your daughter and her fiancé, tell them what you can afford to spend, give them that amount, let them budget, and let them figure out how to make it work. But don't pay for the wedding because you're going to hurt yourself in the future. And one last one, John and Evelyn, I canceled my gym membership several months ago, but they're still drafting money each month from my account. How do I get them to stop? This is one of the reasons why we do not recommend letting anybody draft your account. If you want to set up an automatic bank payment, be sure that you're in control of releasing the funds. In order to get out of this, send the gym a letter instructing them immediately to stop drafting money from your account and send it via certified mail return receipt requested. That way you make sure that you know you got it and then contact the bank and tell them, explain to them what happened and tell them to stop honoring the draft. And if you have questions for John and Evelyn of a financial nature, by all means, email them your questions to askask at compasscatholic.org. And while you're sending us some emails, why don't you send us some comments or feedback about today's show, or maybe you have a suggestion on a topic that you would like to hear us discuss. That email address is info at compasscatholic.org. For John and Evelyn Bean, thank you so much for downloading the podcast and listening. We hope you learned a thing or two. And we have a brand new podcast for you each and every Wednesday morning. Simply go to compasscatholic.org. This is Manage Your Money God's Way. And we're from Compass Catholic Ministries. Compass Catholic Ministries.